BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Okay. Good morning, everybody. I think we all need to breathe a sigh of relief. After yesterday, welcome to pre-market prep. Whatever you're feeling, don't worry. We're here. We're here to talk you off the ledge, maybe. Actually, I can't make any promises, but uh, we will do our best to um, to be positive and uh, help you make sense of this market. We're going to talk Netflix today. We're going to talk Peloton. We're going to talk the entire market. We'll talk crypto. Everything is in play. Everything is in play today. Greg Harmon is our is our guest, Dragonfly Capital Management. Very excited to have him on the show. Uh, for those of you who uh, uh, are um, not seeing this right now, we we are uh, we screwed up a little bit today with the stream setup, but I think we're all good. We're going to get you over from the old stream to the new stream. So I apologize for uh, any inconvenience there, but uh, we're going to start the show, and uh, we got a lot to get to. So let's let, let's get to it. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep with your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I've been the penny. I will buy the stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. All right, so once again, I apologize for the confusion on the YouTube. There was two streams. It was my fault. Uh, I apologize. But, uh, Dennis, we should have known that something was going to happen because Joel went out of town. That was the signal. This always happens every single time one of you leaves yeah. for more than a day. We're, we're, too, we're too much of the, of the liquidity. It's we're crazy. too much of the liquidity here. It's crazy. So, so yeah, me and Joel, me and Joel, are the liquidity for the market, and when we leave, the whole market goes to shit. It is basically. It. I thought maybe the fireworks were, were going to be over after Tuesday. We, you know, we had that that big deal during the show. I thought, all right, that was all the excitement for the week. No, was I wrong or was I wrong? Let's bring up a chart. Uh, let's do spy here. Um, yesterday was, and I'm, again, I'm trying not to be alarmist or over exaggerate, but it really did feel like one of the worst closes. I can remember in a long time. It was a bad afternoon. It was we'll really bad. And there was a lot of screenshots going around social media last night. A heat map in the morning, the heat map in the afternoon. It was all green in the morning. It was all yeah. red in the afternoon. Yeah. Everything flipped. Everything flipped. It was just straight programmatic selling into the close across the board, whether it's SPY, whether it's the NASDAQ. Doesn't matter. Russell. Doesn't matter. Dow Jones. Doesn't matter. Bitcoin. We we should we'll get there in a second. 
all that. Everything is down. Everything is down. It was just relentless selling. Um, and just like in terms of that reversal, Dennis, I'd be curious to just pick your brain on that for a second. I mean, what what were you – what was going through? Because you don't typically really trade at, at like 11 o'clock. No, you know, no, I don't. I usually come back to my desk for the close, and I'll tell you, when I got to the desk, the S&P was still green. Yeah. And you're like, okay, well, we've given back some of that. You know, that's just typical. But then the selling just came in, and we lost about 80 handles in that last hour. We went from 454 on SPY when I was back at my desk to 446. It felt like the last 20, 30 handles was like just in a few minutes. And what you typically see, so what's that telling you when you're typically seeing these really weak closes? What, you know, most people don't realize is that institutions do a lot of their transactions on the close. They use, you know, their LOCs, which are the limit on close, their MOCs, their market on close. But they typically transact on the close because they know the other institutions are going to be there. Mm -hmm. So when you see this kind of selling pressure into the close, it's telling you that institutions are major net sellers right now. And we're seeing it time and time again. So this isn't just a one-day thing. We've seen this happen, you know, over the course of the last couple of weeks. It's got to be way over half the time where we really fade and sell off into the close. So that's telling me that institutional money is still wanting out of this market. They're still using rips to sell, but then it gets to get ugly, you know, and, and they're putting in closing orders. Like, think about this. You know, when they throw out their MOCs, they may have been doing that earlier in the day and they see the market trading higher and they're like, well, let's get out of some of this. And, you know, and they're going to well, do it on the close because we're so big, you know, we don't want to impact price. So we're going to get out on the close on our 200,000 shares of Microsoft. And, you know, and they do it. And when they send out that order, you know, maybe an hour or an hour, two hours earlier, the market was still green. And then they must be like, oh my gosh, that's the price, you know, that you're getting. And believe me, this is how it's done. Like when you send an MOC out there, you can't cancel it after 350. Once it's out there, unless you're a market maker, want, like designated market maker, once it's out there, MOC, it's going. So even for you as a retail trader, after 350, they're locked in. You can't cancel them. So if I say I want to sell the clothes and the spies here, you know, well, not spy. Spy is not a good example, but you know, on a stock, you know, like it's going to be a, if you send that three forty nine, you're locked in. You can cancel up to three fifty, up to yeah. like so they could they could literally cancel in like the price action where it's going. The last ten minutes, that's a free free ride there because you're in there MOC, you're selling. So you know, in some cases, it's like wow, man, that was a really bad price. But what are you going to do? So all it's telling me when I see that much selling pressure on the close is telling me that the big money is selling this market. And that is not good news for the overall market. Yeah. And it really, that's, that's the best way to sum it up. Right. I mean, but if you can just clarify that point though, for a second, then can you explain then how the end of day market on close and balances, how those can just flip like that? Well, there's market makers that can flip them, but what typically happens is you can offset an okay. imbalance so as a trader you True. can still so i i so you have the published imbalance feed that comes out at 350. now we know you have informational imbalances from the floor traders that send those up from their handhelds you know we obviously you know um you know have talked about that on the show as well right. so they kind of know where they're at well before that but the public feed comes out at 350. that's why you sometimes really see some moves at 350 where all of a sudden it's like boom 
you see, you know, some major selling balances across the board, and then sometimes you show weakness there. But a trader can offset those imbalances, right? And 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 depending on the market makers, they can go right into the close. So you see a hundred thousand to sell. That institution could be sitting there. Okay, okay, okay. I don't want to show my hand here yet. I don't want to show my hand here yet. Okay, buy them. And he sends out the order, you know, with a minute to go, and then it flips. You know, it's like, oh, what just happened there? Well, there could be somebody who's just holding their cards close to the invest, and then they're going to buy them. In some cases, they don't flip. In some cases, they just continue to go down like yesterday. But in some cases, you know, they 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 offset. You know, you call that, you know, they're offsetting. So there's lots of, you know, of, you know, crazy stuff that happens on the close from market structure perspective, which is so interesting. But what you need to know as a retail trader is that big money really pushes stocks around in that last 10 minutes. Yeah. And that's what we saw again yesterday. And it's also telling you what the big money is doing. The last 10 minutes of the market is often very big money pushing the market around. So it's not your 100 share buyer, your retail order. It's not like, you know, 10 million, 100 share sellers coming in. This is big money coming in. Big money was dumping the clothes yesterday. All right, two 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 points of clarification from the chat. Thank you for the reminders to that, because I forgot yesterday and I forgot again this morning. Uh, today is the third Friday of the month, Dennis. You know what that? I know means? it's option expiration, <laughs> and that means you're going to get more fireworks here once again. It's the latest option expiration we can possibly get. It goes from 15 to 21, meaning the 15th is the earliest, the 21st is the latest for the third Friday. So this is the latest one you can get. Um, so there's going to be lots of institutional action here, jockeying their open option positions against their, you know, open stock positions. So expect more volatility. That's the one thing I can promise you. You're going to see a lot of volatility. You're probably going to see a lot of chop. Again, in a choppy market, don't chase. I keep telling you guys, don't chase the moves. You'll get a chance. Yesterday, around 1030, I had five to six messages, people claiming the bottom is in. We got it. What are you buying? The bottom's in. We got to go. And look how that worked out. It didn't even take four hours before they give it all back again. This is what a bear market feels like. You know, and people are going to say, oh, well, we're only 6 7% off the high. What the hell are you talking about, bear market? The average stock is down over 25% from the highs. The average stock is in a bear market. This is what it feels like. As much as 2020 was a market where you regret, you buy a stock or you sell a stock in 2020, you regret it two days later. This is the exact opposite. You buy a stock here in 2022, you regret it two days later. Even the value stocks have started rolling over. Look at Berkshire Hathaway, a great case in point here. We've been talking about selling the rally in value. That you know that started two days ago, and I'm like, I don't want to own these value stocks now. They pulled the rug out from all those stocks yesterday. They were weak all day. So growth was leading the charge in the morning, but value did not participate. But Warren Buffett did not participate. So they are now going to the winners and they're selling those stocks too. That's telling me there's a lot of nervous money out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a great point. So, so to say that this is the bottom or this is the bottom, this is the bottom, I don't even think we're close to a bottom. I think you're going to see this drift, you know, and maybe eventually we do turn around. We're going to get a tradable bottom. But are we getting the bottom where this is going to be the low and now we're going to march to 5,000, 6,000, 7,000 S&P? Like I said, beginning of the year, I don't think so. I think we, there's a good possibility we could be in the same place. It's just going to be a lot of chop getting there. Some really sure. killer sell-offs. Yeah. Some really killer wicked rallies, little short squeezes in there. That's all going to exist. But the one thing is, you know, buying good companies at reasonable prices in the long run, 
seems to work. That's how I built my long-term portfolio. It's not buying the nosebleed high flyers. You know, look at your, put your CFA cap on, evaluate, you know, is this reasonable? Like a Goldman Sachs, is it reasonable at these prices? It got a lot more reasonable for sure. Am I striking right now? No, I think you're probably early. I think there's still more pain ahead because they're in this whole cascading effect right now and they're selling everything. So it's hard to just come in here and be a buyer. Goldman, three candles, almost identical three days in a row, showing you all the chop here. Can you show the chart, Spencer? Of Goldman? Three, yeah. Yeah, show the chart of Goldman just from the last three days. You can see this is very interesting. 347 to 361 three days ago. 346 to 359 three days ago. 357 to 346, I mean, tradetherange.com, holy mackerel. Now it's closed near those lows. It's getting a running start out. It's probably going to take out those lows here today. We're trading right down there again right now. So I wouldn't say fourth time, you know, I'm going to go for it here. I think it probably takes out the bottom of that range. So talking against Goldman Sachs, what's trading in nine times earnings? You know, if you put it in your long-term portfolio and you look at it five years from now, are you happy? I think so, but I think you're going to get it cheaper. Yeah, I, I, I'm not. I'm still in the camp of, of what Dennis just said. I'm still in the camp where maybe we do end up at the end of the year right where we started. It's going to um, be a lot of chop to get but, there. But uh, the reason I, I keep going back to this, uh, the IWM chart, is because it's a much true representation of the market. The largest holding, the largest stock is is 0.37% of the fund. It's so diversified. Uh, everything is basically, it's more or less equal weight. Uh, it, I mean, it's not, but it, it, it more or less is. So, you know, it, it's a true representation of what's really going on out there. And you can see that that's just breaking down. So... Um, you know, and then on the other hand, the question has always been, well, what's going to happen when like the mega caps follow suit? What's going to happen when the mega caps start to be weak? Well, that's, that's happening now. <laughs> you can look at those charts. That's happening. That's happening. The, yeah. I, I, I it's the happening. Yeah, yeah, I guess it's, well, nothing, <laughs> nothing happened in the happening. That was the problem. with no. Um, but that's what's happening now. Maybe we can segue into Netflix here. Um, because it is a mega cap. Just before you segue, I just want to address one yeah. thing in the chat just and want to go on. And we were just talking about, you know, do your homework, do your evaluation. Somebody's bringing up CWH in the chat. I just, oh, chat just yeah. scrolled. And you look at it and they're saying it's trading five times earnings here. How can you go wrong? I'm going to tell you, you got to be careful on some of these. You know, yeah, it's a four and a half percent dividend. Yeah, it's got a five times earnings. But yes, they pulled a lot of earnings forward. Think about what we were doing during the pandemic. This has been the best of times for Camping World. It's like, okay, well, we're not going to Disney World. Let's go to Camping World. Seriously, that's what the market has been doing in the last year. That is going to change. If we get past Omicron, if we get past and we do eventually get a reopening rally, which doesn't even seem possible right now, but there is going to be rotation in those stocks eventually, you're going to see stocks like Camping World maybe still can, uh, you know, this earnings that you see at a five times could actually retract. You know, Thor, another point from the chat Paul was making, well, getting hit yeah. here, so it, breaking it's all, down. It's all three. It's all three. It's Camping World. It's Thor. It's Let's look at yesterday, right? Because it, it, uh, they were all down more than the market. CWH, THO, right? And WGO. And they all look the same. They all went down like not 8, 9, 10% yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of earnings have been pulled forward in these companies. So what's that mean? It means that there may not be sustainable, those current earnings. So you see the P of five, and you're like, is it sustainable? I mean, some of the steel stocks in Canada, P's of three. Are those sustainable? Probably not. This cyclical business, now not saying in the camping world is necessarily cyclical, but it kind of is. It's kind of been made cyclical because of COVID. 
Yeah. So, you know, it kind of, you know, all of a sudden gets thrown in that bucket. So you just got to be careful. I'm not saying it's a bad buy. I'm not saying, you know, it's not cheap. I'm saying that there is value traps everywhere here right now. I'm not saying camping work, but I'm using it as an example that there could have been a lot of forward pulled earnings here. So just yeah. be careful to just jump in because the PE is five. The, you got to look deeper than that. There's two sides to the PE coin, right? The, the first side is, is, is the price. The second side is the earnings, right? So you, you see a stock with a low PE. That could indicate, oh, it's massively undervalued. Or can indicate the market just does not value these earnings. That's just the way it is. That's what a value trap is. Stocks can be low for a reason. Just because they're low does not make them undervalued. They can be low for for there's a reason they're low, right? So it, it's 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 the two sides of the PE coin, um, and uh, it, it, it's fun when value stocks are going higher, but that they're, they're not doing that right now. Right? We're just not in this yeah. environment where you shouldn't be thinking, oh, where am I going to make my money? Where am I going to make my money? And if you're yeah. trying to do this as a day trader, you got to be doing both sides. But if you're a long term investor. I think you have time is on your side. I think sitting on your hands is saving you more money than you're going to make. So I don't expect my long-term portfolio to just kill it this year. I'm long only in my long-term portfolio. If it goes down or if it just stays the same this year, I'm okay with it. You know, I'm not trading my long-term portfolio. It's there. It's for, you know, looking at it hopefully 15, 20 years from now. I did trim some of my cues. We know I did that. I did. I am intending to sell my MasterCard here today. We know um, at least part of it because we know I put the hedge on. Um, I might lift part of the hedge. We'll see what happens today. Um, that's my long-term portfolio. I've held that stock in my long-term portfolio for, I think, 13 years. So I'm actually going to take some of the profits on it today. Um, but you know, other than that, I'm pretty much standing pat in my long-term portfolio. The short-term trading is awesome right now. Not, not going to lie, it's awesome. The whipsaws, the shorting the reps, the buying the dips is just working. Um, it's, it's been a very good trading year. If you're a day trader that does go, that does arbitrage type strategies, you're having a really good month. Now can we go to Netflix? Yeah, let's go to Netflix. Okay, Netflix. Um, it like <laughs> they could, I, I mean, they could have had great numbers and this stock could have gone up, but if that had been the case, I find it hard to believe that those gains would have actually held here. So uh, let's give you the numbers here. I'll bring up I'll bring up Netflix in the news feed right now, and you can actually read the headline numbers from last night. The EPS fine. Sales was a little bit light. Uh, Q1 sales guidance uh, smidge on the light side, but it's all about subscribers. It's all about subscribers for Netflix. And I'm, I'm going to bring the chart back up here. Uh, and I, uh, so here's what they said as far as subscribers: 8.28 million. That's how many subscribers Netflix added in the fourth quarter of last year. Why is that relevant? Well, for a few reasons. One, uh, it's about a two two points two point five percent decline from the prior quarter, from the prior year, the same quarter in the prior year. Okay, but two, Netflix themselves had previously said they expected to get to add eight point five million. And they only added 8.28. That doesn't sound like a big miss, but it is. When you give a number and you don't hit the number, it's a big deal. Okay. Yeah. And not yeah. only that, but going forward for the current quarter, Netflix said they expect to add two and a half million subscribers. If they're right, which again, they weren't right last time. If they're right this time, that would be a 37% decrease in subscribers from Q1. 2021 
So we're talking about a lot of pulled forward growth, just like you said. I have a few charts that, that I want to share here um, on, on Netflix. Hold on. I've got a bunch of stuff going on here. Um, so I'm going to get the chart off the screen, and, and I want to share uh, a chart. This is from uh, Bloomberg. I, 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 don't, I saw it on Twitter, I think. I don't actually know where I saw it. But uh, let's, let's get this guy up on the screen. Uh, this just shows their, their subscriber growth. That's what this chart shows. Netflix's new subscribers added per year. That's ugly. That's telling. Okay. Yeah. I, I want to show you this chart now. It's, it's it's a little bit different. This chart shows uh, the amount of money that Netflix spends on content. This has long been a criticism of Netflix by bears is that they, they, they spend too much. It's not sustainable. Uh, projected to spend to have spent $19 billion. I think this actually came out before the report yesterday. So the, the $19 billion number may be a little bit wrong there, but uh, yeah. $19 billion. Oh, I don't doubt it, though. There's, a lot There's of so much content on there. I love Netflix. Me too. But how do you continue to grow something when everybody's got, that got it already has it? I mean, it's hard to continue. Eventually, that growth has to slow. There's only so many people. Like, how, how many subscribers do they have all together? Do we know? Like, how many uh, people subscribe to Netflix? Yeah. Uh, do we have that actual number? Yeah, I mean, it's it's in the it's in the report. I don't have it handy. But oh, okay. I, I, I'm just I, curious. If somebody knows I, in the chat. I, I, I'm just I can curious. look up very, very quickly here. Uh, let's just do that. Let's just go into the pro, go into the... Uh, yeah, like, how many subscribers do they have overall? Because you can't, like, you can't just create subscribers from nowhere. I mean, people, if you've heard about Netflix, you've heard about Netflix. 214, I mean, is that right? 214 million? 214 million? Yeah, I think that's what they, I think 214. Yeah, it's a big number. I mean, obviously, you've got to grow 300 million, Tom Vigor's saying. So it's a big number. Is it going to continue to grow? Absolutely. It's going to continue to grow at the pace. Nope, nope. 222 is what they finished the year with. 222. 222. There you go. We're sure it's got the same number, too. 222. So it's a big number. Are they going to get to three or 400 eventually? Probably. Yeah. But it's the path to get there. I mean, it's going to be a slower path. So when you're paying, you know, high multiples for stocks, when the growth starts to slow, you see the stocks get absolutely hammered. And you clearly on that first chart that you showed, the growth is slowing down. It's still growing, but it's growing at a slower pace. So the market's going to reprice for that, and it reprices by bringing the price of the stock down. Is it worth $400 a share? Are you going to be happy if you buy it today at 400 I don't know. I mean, you got to sit and put your CFA cap on and figure out the new growth rate and figure out, you know, where does that take us in five years at a slower growth and does it make sense to own it at this market capitalization? Would it make sense to buy it at 200? I think for sure. Does it make sense at 400? I think there's a question mark there. So are you early on it? I mean, people bought it at 600. They're going to average down because that's what people do. I mean, it's the worst thing you can possibly do, in my opinion, to, to add to a loser. I never do that. But everybody seems to do it. Kramer promotes it all the time. But, you know, the P.E. on the thing isn't crazy. What is it, 50 times earnings or something like that? Let's go look. It's not crazy. Uh, But but it's not 10. It's not 15. It's not 20. It's twice a market multiple. And if the growth is slowing, they're going to contract it. Maybe it's a little bit lower now with the big fall. I think it was maybe 50 yesterday. So now that you've fallen to 400, maybe it got a little bit. And the P.E. came down a bit. Yeah. I think P.E. gets down to the mid-20s. I think it's a screaming buy. I don't know at 45 or whatever the hell it is now. Maybe somebody knows in the chat what it currently is after this quarter. But 36. Akcha is saying 36. Okay. 
Yeah. So I would say at 25, it's a no-brainer in my opinion. I still think the company's great not going away. But remember, competition's increasing for them too. So it's not impossible to say. I know Disney, we've said that they've dropped the ball on content, and I don't even turn my Disney Plus on. I turn on Netflix all the time. The only reason Disney Plus goes on is if the kids want to watch something. But with, with and with oh, I actually I've been watching that Book of Boba Fett, which actually has been disappointing so far. Um, okay. After the fourth episodes, it's just kind of slow. It's very, it's not like the Mandalorian was. Mandalorian was awesome. Book of Boba Fett seems like they're reaching for you know a story here. So Wait, I've been this, is, so this is a little off topic, but I saw a commercial for they're making they're making a show about WeWork. It's going to be on Apple TV Plus, which, which I don't have, so I have to get that. But uh, I thought that was that that looked really good. But um, and you're you're anyway, and you're all right. Competition's been coming for them for a long time. Uh, there was actually shockingly a little on the call about like gaming. Uh, I I was. It'd be a natural spot for them to expand, and they've right. talked about it. They they did. They, it, it was addressed, but they, they basically were like, "Yeah, we're not really looking to to buy, to buy anybody right now." Yeah, and and they they just they said it was encouraging to see you know the big deals happen. It validates their thesis, but light on details. Maybe they're just playing their cards close to their chest there, but. Um, I don't. I don't know. Anyway, the the the, the chart is what it is, right? Yeah. You've gone now from seven hundred to four hundred in a matter of two months. So it's a significant pullback. The stock is starting to get more attractive here. I want to wait to one till it stops going down. I'm not going to try to catch a falling knife in this environment and say this is going to bounce back to five hundred today. This is not bounced at all in the after hour session. It's not like it's been trading here for five minutes. It's traded big volume. And it's been trading down here for the entire after-hour session and the pre-market session as well. So it doesn't look like it wants to bounce to me. It might be a different story. Maybe it's going to go up to 420, 430. I don't think it's going back to 450 anytime soon. I think I have time. I don't think this is going to get away from you. So I know everybody, uh, I'll often, the worst thing you can do, and I've done this myself a lot of times too, is have that knee-jerk reaction where you see a big ball and you buy it on the first day. Because the first day is usually, after a disappointing report, never the low. So I think mm-hmm. you got to wait on Netflix. The whole market turns around and we go to rebound Friday. We rip up a thousand Dow points today. That's going to maybe be a different story, but I don't think that's going to happen. I think I see the support at 400. It's a big psychological level. Maybe it puts a few lows in here and then you're like, okay, well maybe I'm going to take a shot now, but I'm not going to try to catch a falling knife in this environment. Uh, if you're wondering whether other things are moving off of this, you are correct. Roku is trading down off this report. Down Horrible off. Roku. Let's yeah. bring it up. Okay. I mean, this is the story of, you know, slowing growth. You know, people playing way too much for the Roku TVs. You know, you buy the thing. And yes, I know you have to buy them every three years because the things break. And yes, I bought three already. Um, it's a great service. I love my Roku. Um but the valuation is just insanity. And, you know, it got back up in the summer and retried at 490. Now it's 160, maybe at 100 bucks. But what's the PE on this puppy? Do they even make money, Roku? Can yeah. we even value it that way? Yeah. I mean, again, you know, this is how forward, we got to look at these stocks forward, now. You got to look at PE, fundamentals. Forward PE is here. I was zooming for it. It's 88. 80. 88. It's 88 and the growth slowing. Yeah. No, no. I don't know who's paying 150 times earnings or 200 times earnings, you know, three, four months ago, but they were really crazy. Now you're looking at it at 80 and it's still expensive. So yeah, let's cut that price in half one more time. And maybe it starts to look attractive, maybe down at a hundred bucks. I'm not, you know, it's going to bounce. It's going to be bounces in here to be trades. I'm not saying you can't trade. You can trade anything, but it's not going to my long-term portfolio. Not at that valuation. 
Valuations matter. Just want to add some supporting news on Roku. This weekend, they actually had significant outages I didn't even know in that. their services. It was freezing <laughs> up the TVs. Wait, wait, wait. That's funny, uh, that, that, that's funny that you knew that and I didn't. I have a Roku and I, I don't even really use it. <laughs> yeah, I'll show you guys. This is from The Verge here. Um, if we want to take a quick second here. Uh, so even on their subreddit, they acknowledged it at 8.30 on the weekend. Roku is aware about the issues that are unable to access some of the Roku services. If you're trying to activate your device, please try again later. All right. I guess I, I, <laughs> I, I would have known if I'd used my Roku, but I didn't use it. I'm using Roku for, life, for, man. For a minute there. Um, yeah. All right. And then um, uh, also, you know, looking at looking at Fubo, looking at Disney. Actually, let's go to that Disney chart there. The Fubo chart. We know. And I own some Disney. Mistake. Me, me too. I couldn't stop myself. And I bought it. Now you're going to retest that low 142. Let's see if Disney can hold up here. I mean, again, longs are not working right now. They're not working on anything. Mm -hmm. They stopped working on value two days ago as well. They're not working right now. So it's hard to just say, oh, yeah, 142, we're going to naturally bounce. If we were in 2020, we'd be like, yeah, I'm buying this dip. Like, well, market that keeps going lower. So Disney, I think there's going to be reopening trade there. They are hurting on the Disney Plus. Their numbers on this Disney Plus are probably going to be crap because if Netflix numbers are slowing down, I mean, the Disney Plus, obviously, it's it's the stuff, the content they got on there is pretty awesome, but they just don't have enough of it. We've said that time and time again. So remember. there's a contraction in that because they gave, you know, a big premium for Disney Plus now realizing that Disney Plus is not Netflix and they're taking some of that premium out of it and they're doing it again today. So let's see if it can hold the 142. It's a big technical level. It could bounce there the first time. I'm not going to try it, though. Um, and you know what? Let's just look at this. I don't know what they report. Let's, let's do that real fast. And then I'm just trying to play devil's advocate here. So they report February 9th. All right. But just to play devil's advocate on the Disney Plus thing. Yeah. Um, it's much smaller than Netflix. It's easier to grow a, small, a smaller service. Okay. Um, they have one advantage in that they have uh, more what I would call higher profile exclusive uh, uh, premieres or releases, right. Uh, than, than Netflix does like in, in terms of like all the IP that they have and they can just, you know, make a, uh, you know, they, they had that Beatles thing that was un unbelievably good. Um, so they have more higher profile content that maybe they do can drive some new subscribers. I agree with you that, that, that they don't have nearly as much content. That's obvious. Uh, but, I turn it on, there's nothing to watch on there. When I first got it, I was like, oh, this is cool, this is cool, this is cool, because they hit us with all that new content, and then uh, yeah. they just didn't keep feeding us. Yeah, I I, I don't know. Uh, I mean, it, you're probably right. Their, their growth is probably going to slow, especially because wasn't there a, wasn't there a, um, a big offer? It was, it was a one – I don't know when. It was like a one year. A lot of people – was it Verizon? You had Verizon. You got one year for free, oh, and, and I don't know. Yeah, what well, wasn't the, yeah, I think you're right. When when did that expire? That may have expired at some point last year. I don't know when though. Uh, but I don't know. Anyway, uh Disney, yeah, not looking great. Fubo not looking great. I mean nothing looks great, frankly. So there's not not really that much. To We're say. in an environment where everything is hurting. Fubo's yeah. ten bucks now. Poof. Oh. Again, now now Doesn't make money. Now I, we, I can't value it, and valuation now matters. Time, now is the time to really like start. You know, maybe if you're not going to be buying anything, at least start like 
trying to like learn some fundamentals, learn how to like read a maybe we can do so do a show on like reading balance sheets and financial statements and like what does that stuff mean and trying to like build a CFA show. Right. Build build a thesis for yourself, even if you're not gonna buy anything, right? I'm not saying do that, but like build a thesis for yourself is, is you know, maybe uh now it's time for that. And then I really just before we bring on our guest here, we got to talk Peloton for a second. Um, so this is this is pretty crazy stuff. So you guys all saw the news by now from yesterday. That's CNBC with the uh, the rare midday headline big enough to halt a stock that 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 almost never happens on a stock as big as Peloton. But CNBC reported and you can see right when they reported it. I'll bring up a one minute chart to see it a little bit better. Uh Right there, um, CBC reporting that Peloton was halting uh, temporarily, w- would halt production of their products to uh, uh, deal with lowering uh, demand. And the stock was halted. I think I think it had three here. How many halts did, did Peloton have yesterday? Well, let's actually look in the pro. We can see it. Uh, let's let's uh, filter by security. Go to PTON. We had uh, one, two, four halts yesterday. Yeah. Wow. These are all uh, volatility pauses. Yep, yep. All all halt for volatility. Right, exactly. So uh, that's that's what drove it down. And then after hours, you had a couple headlines, right? You had first up, you had a Peloton actually pre-announced their earnings. God, they wanted to, yeah, they wanted to get ahead of things a little bit, so they yeah. uh, they, they they gave some numbers, um, you know, for for Q two, and they they, they lowered their uh, lowered yeah. their expectations there. And then after that came out. Uh, and I'll, I'll bring it up on the screen on the uh, the news section of Peloton's website. Come on, where is my uh, Peloton uh, screen here? Uh, on the news section, the CEO wrote a letter, published a letter. Basically, he was like, "This is this report is not right. We are not halting production." Uh, with the caveat that they're in their quiet period right now, so not a lot they can say, but. Um, he he denied it. He uh, damage control. Yeah, yeah. Full damage control. That letter is like our stock's getting killed. Do something. Yeah, yeah. All right, let's go into damage control here now. But uh, correct, correct me if I'm wrong. Didn't Peloton? Wasn't there a report like from like last week that they were raising their prices, or or am I not remembering that? I was lowering prices. It was lowering. I thought it was. I raising. thought it was lowering. I don't know. I thought it was raising. The story is so ice cold that I don't even follow it anymore. I mean, obviously Joel still oh, has oh, yeah. it. But... No, 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 no. I'm right. It was it was January 16th. Uh, it was from CNBC. Peloton is is adding on fees to their bike and their treadmill. All right, they're not raising prices. The fees they're adding on other fees because you know why? Because they're not selling the bikes and they got to make money somewhere. So let's just do. Uh, I, I, this is my thought process, just from hearing it from you from 10 seconds ago. But they're probably trying to jack up other fees to make money from their current subscribers because their subscribers are not growing. Yeah. Yeah. This is a ma- massive disappointment now. I mean, so much pulled forward. And you know what the tell was? We talked about this on the show back when it was like 38 or $40 a share. Was somebody had sent me, you know, how many of these things are available on the secondary market? You know, you go to Facebook Marketplace and go in your local area and everybody's selling a Peloton. So why are you going to go buy a new bike when you go buy one used from somebody, you know, for probably a third of the price? So it's the story is completely there's there's stories that are cold and there's stories that are broken. This is a broken story. You know what? I, it's I, still I, trading at like seven or eight billion dollar valuation. This is GoPro part two. I, I actually know how to save this company. I have, oh, a, I, 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 have I have an idea. 
and it's a very simple idea. We gotta have we gotta get Joel as an instructor. That's the play. <laughs> That's the play. <laughs> we need. Where did you get that? Did you make that? Show that Joel. again. Show that again. Instructor Joel. He will save this company. Joel, you're there. He's back. Instructor Joel. Joel, CEO of Peloton. He could do it. <laughs> he could do it. <laughs> even an instructor that was good that was my highlight of my day hey, right that was there. mitch that was I, good. I, I, i've been here with you the who whole made time. that that was mitch that was mitch crazy. you're a genius in the background show one more time for mitch that's that's hilarious yeah <laughs> <I love> the- <laughs> that's how we turn this around that's Joel. how we turn this around <laughs> you know he could turn it around joel could turn this company around anyway so, anyways we know Joel has been right about this stock despite owning it. He has wanted to sell this stock forever. It's his wife's stock, and she had the call on it because it was her I'm, pick. I'm scared. So scared she didn't want to sell it. Joel, you know you've been right about this. You've been wanting to sell it forever. I know you look at this and think you lost a lot of money, but at least you've been right saying, I want to sell it. I want to sell it. I want to even put like a business proposal together trying to sell it. <laughs> trying to, anyways, it wasn't his pick though. So, yeah. Uh, hey, let's bring on our guest today. Let's get his thoughts on this craziness. Uh, Greg Harmon, founder of Dragonfly Capital Management. Greg, what's up, man? Oh, no. We're having the Mickey Mouse voice. Serious Wait audio issues here. Hold on. Let's see if you can. Uh, he's going to fix it in the background. We'll keep talking for a minute while Greg fixes his, okay. fixes and, his and, mic. And just going back to Peloton for a second, at a certain point, you, you, and we were doing this yesterday, you know, you start to speculate on like takeover, right? Like who? On Peloton? Yeah. No. Yes. Who's yes. buying it for $8 billion? Who's paying that? Here, okay, I've got to stop right here because whoever is, this is the opposite of, of CFA analysis. So I had my CFA 20 years ago. I'm going to tell you right now. Go look. What is the market cap of Planet Fitness? What is the market cap of Planet Fitness? Okay. Well, first, let's the market cap of Planet Fitness is seven billion dollars. What is the market cap of Peloton? Peloton's Peloton's eight. Peloton's worth more than Planet Fitness. Yeah, that's insane. That 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 doesn't mean. I think Peloton is a single digit stock eventually. It doesn't mean a company can't come in. Why? Who's going to buy it? Apple. Planet Fitness isn't buying it. Why would Apple want it? Because it's their because of their, business, it's a because, bicycle, of because they have an iPad on it. Is it their IP? I don't know the technology. The subscribers, Apple, Nike. The subscribers are slowing down. Nobody's coming to bail you out on a takeover. I'm going to say it right now. There is almost zero chance that somebody is buying Peloton. The valuation's nuts. People buy companies like Activision Blizzard when the valuations are cheap and they're growing. Oh, they this buy, is going they the opposite grow. way. It's expensive and it's declining. This is the time. opposite of a takeover. You buy when the valuation is going down, which it is. Let's get it's not, time. though. It, the subscribers are falling enough that the valuation isn't even going down. What Greg. is the valuation on Peloton? They don't make money. Greg, Greg. Value it. Are Greg. you buying, Greg, are you buying Peloton? We're having a big argument here. Right no, here. no, I'm not buying Peloton. Greg is not touching Peloton. I'm with Greg here. Why are you not buying Peloton? Well, you guys know I'm a technical guy, so uh, I look at Peloton, and uh, you know when it started moving higher in March uh, off the uh, pandemic low, uh, and then topped out in at uh, the end of the year, uh, it's off 90% from that mark. Wow. So for me, it's it's going to retrace. If you're even thinking about buying it because it's uh, it's been so depressed that uh, 
The price has been so depressed that I think you wait until it gets back down to uh, under 20 bucks. Because it's going to get there. It's going to get down to that 1765 level again. You think it's going to make a new all-time low? 1770 is the all-time low. You think it's possible Peloton make a new all-time low? I think so. Yeah. I mean, we had, uh, if you look at from the beginning of November, you had a, a positive uh, momentum divergence. You had uh, the RSI lifting back up out of uh, overbought territory. You had uh, the MACD rising up. But you still had uh, that uh, divergence in price where it was moving lower and continuing to move lower. So you you had the thought, the hope that it would turn around and move back up, but that we lost all that last week. Um, I mean, what about all these growth names? All these story stocks from 2020 that were just, you know, the high flyers going up two, three, four hundred percent. They all topped out in February of 2021 and have been leaking ever since. When does the pain train stops? It's been death by a thousand cuts. Does that continue for a lot of these names? Or are we getting close to a bottom in these growth names, these Kathy Wood names? I kind of think we're close to a bottom, but it, close might be like uh, another month even. I right. think really the, the catalyst here has been uh, the Fed. And the Fed uh, admitting that uh, they're behind on the inflation fighting front and that they've got the opportunity now to uh, uh, to be much more hawkish. What does that mean? I don't. I don't, I think long run, we don't worry about it because when rates go up, markets go up too. But it's that that transition period that we're going through now where the Fed has finally kind of admitted things. We've got all the jawboning on the, the Wall Street analysts saying, no, four, four hikes is not enough. It's got to be seven. And you're like, seven? What are you freaking kidding me? How can oh, they raise rates seven times this year? Uh, but in the end people are going to start to realize that going from zero to 1% is not going to kill high growth names. If they have to borrow money at 1%, it's not going to kill them. So we've got this volatile time that we've got going on now, this choppiness that's turned into, okay, let's just step aside for a while. And I think that after a couple of months, uh, that kind of settles in and uh, we start to lift back higher. So yeah, I see a lot of smart people that are starting to uh, make moves now, starting to buy things that are down 30, 40% that have been really, really good names, like names like NVIDIA uh, that are going to be around and are going to do really well. Um, if you look at uh, things like um, uh, Amazon that uh, has uh, done nothing for about nine months and now it's taking, it's selling off based on uh, just the rates moving, uh, it, it I think there's some bargains out there. The question is, are the bargains going to get a little better over the next month? That's, that's what it looks like to me. And the timing of it is so tricky. Everybody wants to catch the falling knife. Everybody wants to be the hero. And, you know, I'm bought it right at the low. You as a technician have a, probably a different approach. When do you jump in? Like you're, you're, So you're eyeing an NVIDIA right now. When do you actually make the call and buy it? It was just when it gets cheap enough or when you actually see a technical type of bounce and like it shows some life? Well, there's there's two places, right? So Nvidia is uh, close to being oversold now. It had a, uh, a consolidation zone uh, at about uh, 225 uh, back in uh, September. Kind of sat there for a while. Uh, so and that is that's fastly approaching the the 200 day moving average as well. So as, as it gets into that area, I start to get a, a, a little more interested in it and. Uh, uh, from my perspective, I might start selling downside puts at that point. Uh, but from a, a straight stock buy perspective, I need to see it 
stop falling and bounce back up. It's so you don't even try to buy when it's making new lows every day. You're not like, well, this is cheap enough. I'm just going to strike. You don't, you don't do that. Not in the stock itself. I, I, like I said, I might sell puts. So if I, if I like that uh, 225 level as a potential bounce period, maybe I, when it gets down around there, I sell the 200 puts, uh, make a little bit of money. And if it drops down to 200, I get an extra bargain out of it. What else are you So again, NVIDIA, and you were looking, what was the other stock you mentioned? Well, NVIDIA. I was kind of uh, Amazon. Yeah, oh, Amazon. Okay. And what else? There's got to be a few that you're eyeing here because, I mean, everybody's got a shopping list right now or it seems like that they're building as the market sells off and some of these higher, former high flyers. What else is on the Greg Herman shopping list? Yeah, so before you uh, before you get rid of that Amazon, you look at uh, the, the range it's been in, 2,900 sure. it's been the bottom of the range. So we're fast approaching the bottom of that range uh, where you might expect a bounce there. Uh, I have been looking at the FANG stocks. Uh, and you know, the Netflix story last night just kind of killed that. So I was dead wrong on that one. Would you yeah. touch Netflix at this point in time? I think I, I, I can't give you an answer on that right now. It's, <laughs> you got to handle it. So it looks, so, it's so broken right now. Yeah. Um, you, you thought going from, uh, you know, just under 700 down to 500 before the report was, it, set up to, to have a huge bounce on the earnings report, but uh, instead it's going to get cut another 20% to, uh, at the open today. So, uh, so I don't, I, I can't, uh, I can't even think about what to do with that yet. What, what do we think about the idea that, you know, I've got, I, I'm looking at Netflix here, but broadly speaking, I mean, if all these stocks can, can double or, or and triple from the COVID low, um, well, essentially just pulling forward a lot of their growth that was already going to happen eventually couldn't we theoretically just go back to that to to that same spot but you know where, where the whole thing started so um, the pre-covid levels you mean yeah yeah or like resume at at, at a re, at a more reasonable pace like for the stock so like 400 right or like in netflix's case it was it was in the high 300s right before covid mm-hmm yeah, and uh, you look at stocks like Disney, um, a similar kind of uh, valuation stream, yeah. right, with uh, the subscriber issues. Yeah. Uh, Disney's almost back there right now. Well, it's back to its pre-COVID levels. Great point. Yeah. I think so is Disney one that interests you? I mean, maybe you stay away from the Netflix, but we're getting right back down to the low that we saw in Disney back in the end of November at that 142. Is this one interest you? Yeah, I think down around like 130, Disney interests oh, me. Oh, Laureate. But, so give it, uh, back. it comes. It comes into the um, as you see that uh, that last drop down uh, with a small bounce, and you measure that move down again, it gets you down to about the one thirty area. Greg, um, yeah, and then just like I guess, Greg, outside of like, uh, actually, let me ask this: you're a charts guy. What what indicators do, do you do you lean on the most, typically? Uh, so my, my charts, uh, some people think they're crowded. I don't think they're crowded. I, I look at uh, almost the typical setup that you get out of the box from the charting services with a, an RSI on there to give me momentum uh, within a range and a MACD to give me like the amplitude of that momentum. Uh, I put the 50 and 200 day moving averages on there because people talk about the golden crosses and death crosses all the time just to mm -hmm. see what they're talking. Uh, and uh, I'll put Bollinger Bands on it. Just to give me uh, an idea as to how volatility is moving. Uh, th that's the basic chart for me. 
Uh, I've gotten so that uh, I don't even need to draw uh, Fibonacci uh, lines on the chart anymore. I could kind of look at it and say, yeah, that's pretty close. And then I'll put it on there I'll see, and see that it's right at a 61.8% retracement. So you could say I use Fibonacci's, but I don't put them on the chart very often. Do you use any like money flow indicators or no? I don't usually, no. And I, I don't really look at volume either. Uh, it, I leave it on the chart, but I don't really look at it. Interesting. What's your go-to bread and butter indicator? Like, this is my strategy. This is what I use more than anything. What's your go-to technical indicator? Uh, the, the ones that I found that have been the most successful are, uh, and, and deeply oversold RSI. So if we get an RSI, like under 20. But, but, get, but under 24, like a prolonged period of time or just uh, no, even just a short period of time. Because okay. to me, once it, it to me, once it gets under 30, it's oversold. And if it gets down under 20, then it's like deeply un- oversold. Uh, so if we get uh, down to you know, mid teens, even uh, it's going to bounce at some point, it's going to bounce and it's going to get something out of it. If you Maybe you get 2%, maybe you get 4%. Maybe you get a, a complete uh, uh, reversal and move back higher. But it's, you're going to get something out of it. All right. Um, Paul wants to know if you trade from your living room. <laughs> no, it's not my living room, but it, it kind of looks like it, doesn't Take it? that, Paul. There we go. It's not his living room. Greg Harmon, founder of Dragonfly Capital Management. Greg, it is always a pleasure. It's been too long. Thanks for coming on the show today. Sure, guys. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Greg. Uh, and, and and next time we 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 will get Greg to uh, to have some charts for us. I, I I didn't ask him to prepare any charts, but but I, I will. Uh, it's I'll... always good to get a feel for what the technical traders yeah. thinking here too. I mean, there's so many different styles of trading, and Greg's a technical yep. trader, uh, much like Joel is as well. And you know, he looks at this, and you know, he wants it to stop going down. It's the same thing that you know me as more of a you know statistical arbitrage trader and you know and sometimes a fundamental investor is the same thing you know i'm looking i'm like well i don't want to be the first i don't want to be the hero i want to be the person calling the bottom here i want to give it a reason let the stock give me a reason to buy it as opposed to just oh it's gotten too cheap i'm just going to strike right now and get my hands you know get burned by trying to catch that fallen knife yep all right, it's eight fifty here. We've got ten or so minutes left. Uh, actually, a little bit. Uh, today's show is going to go a little bit longer. Mitch is going to come on the show at at nine, Mitch. and he's going to run solo for a few, and then I'm going to get ready for our all active show at nine fifteen. But let's do some ticker time here. If you have any tickers for us, drop them in the chat. We didn't really talk about Bitcoin today at all. I very much want to because I was I was at the office very late last night, and I was just like doing my thing, and I looked up Dennis, and I noticed. Holy crap. Bitcoin's below 40K. Hey, did I call this one at 42 and 44 and 50 or what? Oh, my god! I sold the majority of my Bitcoin up at 54. I I actually sold when it was 42, uh, I think, three or four days ago. I sold half of my remaining holdings, which is now a very, very small piece. It's like I own a piece just like as a token of appreciation now. It's literally so small. It's probably the smallest position in my in my long term portfolio. See what you now, did there. It's Bitcoin. You, see what you did there. Um, so yeah, yeah. So, and then and then Ethereum is below three. I, I still have half my Ethereum, which sucks. I should have sold it all. When I sold, when I had a feeling it had over doubled, I should have sold the whole thing. Anyway, somebody told me I should get out of crypto because I'm not a crypto trader. It's probably correct. I probably. But you're not trading it. No, not really. I just I doubled my money in the Ethereum, so I sold half, and then I took. Well, we know I had Bitcoin originally, so long term, it's short. 
had Bitcoin originally, bought it for the first time, like 16,000. It quickly ran to like, I don't know, 50,000. Somebody talked me into Ethereum. So I sold the majority of my Bitcoin up. But I think, you know, I sold half of the Bitcoin, like at 35. And I sold the most of the rest of it and turned that into Ethereum. So then Ethereum was my big holding. I kept a little bit of Bitcoin, but then I sold more of that Bitcoin and I sold more of that Bitcoin again. So I have like almost no Bitcoin left now. Um, but I do have half of my original Ethereum position, which is significant. It's like a normal size position. So I'm getting hurt here on this Ethereum fall from like 4,500 to 2,700. I, I got in at 2,100, I think. So I'm still up in the overall position, but I wouldn't be surprised if that thing goes red, like on me. So I think crypto, I've been tweeting it out. I think crypto, I think that Bitcoin chair looks like a head and shoulders. I think Bitcoin's going to 30,000. I think it'll bounce there. But if you're selling off all these risk Kathy assets, why are you going to kill crypto up? I mean, you can't put your CFA hat on to get value of that at all. So I don't see why crypto gets a pass here. I think crypto eventually gets hammered. I, I went to my movers tool just to show you the bottom left, just to show you that my movers tool, my, my, my losers today is it's aside from netflix it's basically all minor crypto miners right it's it's bit farms it's riot mstr marathon hive argo they're a hot eight uh it's all miners at the top of my biggest losers uh again not netflix notwithstanding uh so it just it just pain pain out there uh and and the biggest thing that i'm uh, uh thinking about right now and, and this applies to everything not just bitcoin is um it's right now is proof. If you didn't believe it before, you should now. It is really, really hard to buy things when the price is going down. If you were, if you had FOMO, you know, at sixty k in Bitcoin, you're like, oh, I'll buy it when it gets to forty. Mm, do do you want to buy it now? Really? It's hard. It's really, really hard. There, there's no reason to buy Bitcoin here. That's a head and shoulders. That's breaking the neckline just from a technical basis, which is all we got on Bitcoin because you can't fundamentally analyze it really. I think it's going to 30. So I think it bounces at yeah. 30. So I think if you want to get in Bitcoin, I personally think you're going to get a shot at 30,000 again. Does it go lower from there? Does it bounce from there? I don't know, but I think it's going to 30. I think the easy money is to actually was short at 42,000 when we were getting bearish and tweeting out like when I went my tweet storm about Bitcoin. Um, and shorting, I don't know. I guess you can't. Short, well, I guess you could short the ETFs now, right? So you can play it that way. You can short. Um, yeah, and then down to thirty. So I think the forty-two to thirty is the play. I think you sell it on bounces or short it on bounces. I think it's eventually going to thirty. Again, traders live in the probability. Maybe something happens. Maybe it rips higher. I can see a purpose, you know, for. I don't think Bitcoin's going away, but I don't know if it's worth thirty-eight thousand. I, I don't know how to value it. That's why I'm out. I'm out of most of it. Um, okay, I asked for tickers and I, and I got a couple here. Let's look at let's look at Starbucks. I know this car looks bad. How bad exactly? Oh, pretty bad. It's up today because all the non-tech components of the QQQ are trading higher because the ETF effects because Netflix is down so much and the QQQs are down a lot, but it's not even really making up for the 100 points in Netflix especially when you consider Amazon being down 1% too with the sympathy play, Apple being down as well. So um, you're seeing a little bit of a lift in the non, I, would be, I wouldn't be surprised if some of those non-tech components of the QQQs goes green. Yes, Starbucks is in the QQQs. Um, yes, Kraft Heinz is in the QQQs. Those are the kind of stocks that actually lift a little bit today. You could call it rotation, but it's the rotation within the index itself because when the index isn't down enough to make up for a couple of big, really hammerings, that they've got to buy some of the other stuff in the index. So like Walgreens, Boots is in there, WBA, Pepsi's in there. Those stocks probably green. Pepsi's up a buck. You know, it's not coincidental. It's up a buck. It's in the queues. 
Pepsi made all-time highs the other day. Um, well, it's defensive, and it's in the queues, and they're looking to buy stuff. So Pepsi did. Again, I would not be hiding in Pepsi. I would not be hiding in any value stocks right now. I know value getting wrecked, Alex is saying. I called this two days ago. I said two days ago when Berkshire started going down, I said the time to value, value stocks is over. I own value stocks in the long-term portfolio, but if you're in them for trades, you need to start selling as soon as Berkshire started breaking down. And Berkshire has continued to break down now, giving back half of its gains from 2022. They're coming for everything. There's money being hit everywhere. There's probably some redemptions in the portfolios from money managers happening here right now. So there's some forced selling as well. So I think you're going to see people financing the losers by selling the winners. I think value is not safe here. I would sell all rallies in value. I still sell all rallies in growth. I'm selling all rallies in the market until further notice. You know what's an interesting chart right here is Tesla. Jeff, I, and Jeff's saying now he tells. No, rewind the show to two days ago. Spencer, do you have my back here? I think yeah, I clearly no, said no, that I would be said, selling value stocks Dennis two days ago. definitely said it. Uh, I, I can't remember if it was yesterday or the day before, but he definitely said that he and, and and he says this all the time. You have to be able to change change your mind on a dime. Because people right. got mad when I said it two days ago that I was changing my mind on value. Well, I'm like, we had a huge run. The value stocks were awesome. Warren Buffett went from 300 to 320. That's a huge move. Consolidate up there a couple of days and then they pull the rug out from under it two days ago. It's telling you, value trades long in the tooth. Pepsi has not sold off yet. It is a value stock. It is a defensive stock. They will come for Pepsi eventually, in my opinion. Procter Gamble. They will come for Procter Gamble eventually, in my opinion. I don't want to own these stocks. I don't want to. Own, I don't want to own swing trade longs right now. I don't want to. I know everything's cheap. We want to build the portfolio. We're going to buy cheap and sell high. The game is the name of the game isn't to buy low and sell high. It's to buy high when it starts to move up and sell higher, or sell short low and and, and buy lower. Really, momentum carries the market here. Contrarian is working right now, but you don't want to just be coming in and saying, okay, like you know. Procter Gamble's making new highs. You got to look at the market environment that we're in. And the market environment that we're in is ugly for a lot of stocks. And eventually it'll get ugly for those stocks too, in my opinion. A lot of money hiding in utilities, a lot of money hiding in consumer staples, a lot of money hiding in oil. I would ring the register in oil. If you're in oil stocks, I think you got a chance to sell ding, a ding, 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 right ding, now. Ding, 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 I think ding. you get the hell out of oil. You got it. You got it. Then that's where I'm looking today. I know I'm saying sell everything. I thought I'm insane. I'm like, broken record here Wait, I've been I, right. I, I i love this comment too uh you know oh and and do what go to cash and lose everything too <laughs> i mean slovak says stop trading stocks i am not talking about trading i am going to buy a hundred stocks today i am going to short a hundred stocks today this is not trading this is long-term investing it's okay to be in cash in your long-term investment portfolio separate if you don't have a long-term investment portfolio then don't listen to the conversation about me doing valuation you trade stuff technically. You're going to have bounces. You're going to have opportunities. I use relationship-based trading. I say when a stock, you know, certain stocks trade down 1.5% and the peer is only not down yet, then I'm going to short that stock. That's how I make my bread and butter. I've done. We've done three courses on that stuff now. You can go to premarketprep.com. You can sign up for those courses if you want to learn that style of trading. It is very consistent. Uh, on my day trading, I'm going to say it right now. People maybe don't believe you. What are we? How many days have we had this year? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. 15 trading days this year? Sure. I'm profitable all 15 days in my day trading portfolio. And it nets out at 10 a.m. every day. It goes flat. So it's not like I'm bag holding anything in there. I'm literally out. So I made money on all 15. I think so. Anyways, I should go check that before I just say that. Because I'm going to say, oh, you were wrong. But um, if I bring it up, I'm pretty sure I'm up every, all 15 days this year. 
15 for 15. Statistical arbitrage works. Uh, I, I, I just wanted to hit on Tesla for a second, and then I got to hop, and then uh, I'll, I'll let Mitch take the reins here. But this chart, to me, looks very interesting because Tesla, for whatever reason, is holding up better than a lot of this other stuff. So I don't know. Tesla is linked in with the QQQs. Tesla is now such a big component. I buy Tesla every day just from the ETF. I do the ETF ARP. So I'm buying Tesla sometimes. I don't want to own Tesla maybe, but I buy it just because it's part of the queue. So I'm building that portfolio against the queues. I'm not saying, you know, at middle of the day, I don't do the ETF ARP because the HFTs are doing it. They do it better than me. But I do it at the open. I do it at the close to a certain extent because you have, you know, market movements. There's opportunities there and pre-market and after hours as well. So you know the times I've traded. I've talked about this before. I trade pre-market, open, close, after hours. That's how I trade. That's where I make my money. I don't trade 10 to 2. The HFTs dominate all of the stuff, the Statterb stuff in there. I haven't traded 10 to 2 in a decade. That's my time off. 10, 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. is chop hour. You know, if you're a trend trader, if you're a day trader, you know, maybe you think, oh, what the hell? You're a day trader. You don't trade in the middle of the day. No, it's, it's really tough hours. Those are very choppy hours. I, I, I find that I make more money by trading mornings and trading afternoons, not trading the middle of the day. All right, Dennis, we'll let you go. I'm going to bring Mitch on right now, and, and we'll let Mitch take the wheel for a few minutes. And then, and when Mitch is done, he's going to end this show and redirect to All Access, where he's going to join me again. Mitch and I are going to hang out on the very next show. For- just, just before we go, to remember yeah. it's options expiration. Yes. You're going to see some wild, wild, wild open here. Oh, so it's going to be some stocks ripping higher, some stocks going lower. The imbalances right now are very mixed. You're going to see some non-tech components probably rally here today, believe it or not. So you see, you know, we're down here. But the majority of today's losses are Netflix and a select few stocks. So if you look, you can get a better feel. Look at the IWM. We'll give you a better feel for the overall market. Well, it's come down now, too. So they've started to leak everything to a certain extent. Um, but, you know, and there's not a lot of stocks trading higher. But don't be surprised. If there's a few defensive stocks that are trading higher here today, I mean, we're in this market environment. It's, you know, all about rotation. There's going to be some rotation. Not everything's going to get hit. There's going to be some whipsaws. There's going to be some chop. Just because we start the day down so much, you know, we're not going to, um, you know, it's not necessarily true that we might finish the day, you know, at the same spot. It's going to be a lot of chop here. And yes, I just checked my day trading portfolio. There's only been, there haven't been that many trading days this year, five. 13. Is that all we've had so far? Yeah. Well, I'm 13 for 13. I've been up every single day, my day trading portfolio. All right. So there's opportunities, but you got to go both ways. If you're just a long only trader, you're probably not making money on days that were way down. So you got to be able to go both ways if you're going to do this as a business. All right. Anyways, that's my rants. Have a great weekend, everyone. Good luck trading. Going to be a wild open. Dennis, take a breath, please. I don't breathe, Spencer. There's no need to breathe. Breathing man. is overrated. It takes right. time Come out of on. your day. That's why he's successful. He doesn't. He, he's learned not to breathe. Renewable energy. Four like Trump. He always says you sleep four <laughs> hours a night, and you only breathe half as much as the other person, and you save all that time. All that time. Come on. Yeah. That's where, it. That's where I'm going. Four hours of money, sleep. Baby. That's what Trump. That, I'm following the Trump system. That's four where I've been going wrong all my life. Apparently, time that's is it. Money. You're sleeping too much. Wake up. Sleeping. Wake up. Wake up. All right, Mitch, you can go ahead and bring on your chart here. I got to hop and I got to get ready for our next show. All access right, going live go. at 9.15. So uh, I like that you're wearing green. I, I, I'm with the green. Show yeah. us what you got here. Yeah, a little cannabis action uh, shirt supporting cannabis. Nice. Hopefully we get decriminalization this year. Yes, I said it. Decriminalization 
this year. Biden, what are you doing? Make some money in tax. Support the cause. All right, but let me go ahead and keep going here. Let's go ahead. I'm looking at Apple, guys. Why am I looking at Apple? Because I think this is really where you got to be watching. Uh, we talked about how the strong stocks have kept us up, right? I, I've been talking about how and when I look at the SPY, I think the SPY should be down more. But when I take a look into it, into the components of the SPY, why is the SPY holding on as much as it is? I think it's been because of some of these bigger stocks that have been staying above the 200-day on the daily, let's take a look here. Look how the 200 day, the 200 day for me is that purple line. And you can see how we're starting to finally come to it on Apple. We've held significantly above that 200 day, even to a point where we were above it, let's say 24% from the 200 day. Now we're making our way back towards that 200 day. This is when I start being careful about the spy, because if the leaders start turning around, then we're going to be really in concern for the overall market. So if I take a look here and, and, and I could take a look at the we could take a look at Finviz or whatever you want to take a look at. You guys know how I've been trying to pay attention to what, of course, I've been looking at what's going on with the market breadth. Right. How, what direction are we moving in? I'm going to get into Benzinga Pro here, but definitely uh, if you can see here, guys, this is the number I've been paying attention to. And it's so important. The above SMA 200 is at 70 percent now that is below the SMA 200. So that means seven out of 10 stocks are going to be in bearish territory. If we take a look here at the SMA 50s. Look how we're almost to eight out of 10 stocks are in bear territory for the SMA 50. This shows us how market breadth is moving into the wrong direction, not to the better direction, which would be, let's say if we could get below 50 on this one and we're moving to the wrong direction, we're moving 20% wrong to the, to the other side. So just be careful out there. All right, guys, now you guys are seeing Benzinga Pro. You guys can definitely check this out. Go to pro.benzinga.com. You can get a free two-week trial. I'm actually showing you guys a new chart beta here on the right-hand side. We've been working on our charting game. So let's go ahead. Let's take a look at some of these stocks that are moving out there. If you guys got a stock you want to take a look at, definitely throw it in the chat and I'll go ahead and do so. So to me, I think today you're going to be looking to kind of get short on some of these oil names. Uh, I would be taking a look at like MRO as we're starting to get a, a turnaround there. Uh, CVX is another one that you can take a look at. Chevron. Uh, we've been ripping. You know, I think we're going to have trouble. We're going to start finally seeing oil turn around. And with that being mentioned, of course, I'll be looking for some shorts out the gates today on oil. Um, another way that you can trade oil if you just want to day trade it, because that's another way of looking at it. I'll be looking at drip, which is, of course, the bear 2x. Um, so I'll be looking for this to get above, let's say, 450s today. So we'll look for a little bit of a pullback out the gates to maybe 420s, but immediately getting back up there towards the 420 uh, towards the 450s. All right. Now I'm going to come through some stocks in the chat. Let's go ahead and run through it. Hey, Mitch, what did you say about Mara? A couple a few months back all right let's talk a little bit about mara you know one of the things that i was looking at in mara was when they put out the news of potentially and and we can use right here uh let's go ahead let's use a details to actually pull up that news that we got on mara 
So let's go ahead and just do that here. If you scroll back, you're going to start seeing what a whole bunch of lawyer requests and things. This all comes due to a kind of a headline that came out where there was questions on how, you know, how they were doing kind of the numbers, were they fudging the numbers, what was going on there. That to me drew a red flag. Whenever I see a red flag in an industry, I try to call it out here because at the end of the day, it doesn't mean that stocks are going to go down, but it means pay attention, guys. There's something else affecting the industry now. And that's what happened here in Mara. Ever since then, we've been coming down. Um, and one that I gave out was HUT. I gave out HUT to the short side, and that was around the same price point. We were right around this $14 is when I started calling it out. It was in November, and we've been going down ever since. It's gone from 14 to 5 And I still remember when I called this out, so many people hitting me on social media. Why? You're evil, bitch. How could you call short on HUT? Mara. Um, I even had, you know, not to not to hit, you know, some people, some people supported uh, Ryan Rosviani. I know there's he's a big Mara and Hutt fan. He was wondering why I was going short. And it was because of this red flag. We've also gotten red flags in PayPal and Square that we've called out. And we'll see if these can finally ever turn around. But I've been calling out these red flags ever since October. And look how this stock went. It went up a little bit in October, but man, did it start coming down since then. And since November, straight down. So just be careful out there, guys. And when I call red flags, at least take a look. It doesn't mean to definitely go buy it, but definitely see what happens. All right, I'm going to go through some stocks here now. Let's go running through. Mara already mentioned MTTR mentioned in the chat. Let's do that. If you guys could do me the favor, smash the like button. We got over 1,300 people here, so we should at least have 700 likes, guys. Half of you guys should be hitting the like button right now. So do me the favor, guys. Smash that like button. Get on up so that we can support and keep going here absolutely free like we do on Benzinga every single day. want to go ahead and like on up, guys. Smash that like button. Let's get these likes on up before we get to all access. We're going to get to all access in about 10 minutes here. Then we'll go ahead and keep trading into the open with us. So you guys stick right here on Benzinga. All right, uh, MTTR. Let's take a look here. What do we see on the chart? Um, you know, we're starting to get a little bit of a bounce here. I'm going to actually cl close this out here. Um, it tried to bounce yesterday, went up there towards 1250. I, I've talked about this. I think this stock is going underneath 10. Um, I think too many people were looking at this. Oh, metaverse, metaverse, metaverse. It's just not in favor right now. So I would personally stay away. But like always, do your own assessment there. All right, let's keep going here. Let's go ahead. JPM being mentioned by Nick here. So let's go to JPM. Of course, the banks have been struggling, guys. I, I thought the banks would do well. You know, interest rate hikes coming. You think they're going to do well. And what happens? Look at this. This has been getting killed. This is not an easy trade. Some people thought this was going to be an easy trade going into 2022. And it has been complete opposite. Now you're starting to get to some levels where maybe you get that buy-off uh, buy support. You can see the support here. Um, so if you if you drew a line here. You can see that we're getting towards that support. So that's not a bad look now if you're trying to catch the bottom here around, let's say, 147. So that's what I would use as a support or yesterday's low, which is 145. If you're trying to catch this support, I kind of understand you trading it today, but I think I still see some downside action. All right, let's keep going. 
forward being mentioned in the chat. Let's do that one. All right, so forward uh, trying to catch the dip here in between this shadow, but there's another gap right here. So it might come back down towards this gap first, 2076, and then come back up. I do like forward as long as it holds 2050. So if you're looking at forward, you're almost closing that second gap here. I would look for it to close that gap and hold maybe 21s today, but I'm looking down closer towards 2079, which is 2080s pretty much, and I'll look for a bounce there. <clears throat> BBIG being called out by Christine here, definitely one of the kind of the social media stocks, right? I mean, this is definitely being watched by a lot of the pumpers out there. Um, I even saw mentions of Warrior Trading, trading this. is a, That's like a pump uh, pump chat room. I'll, I'll definitely call it out and, and say it because, I mean, I've been in it, so I've seen them. Um, but let's go ahead. Let's see here. Um, I think we are starting to get back towards the support around 340s. I think you might get a move towards 325s today and then eventually coming back to four. So to me, VBIG is not a long until it gets back above four. Uh, but like always, guys, do your own risk assessment. When we saw this one started breaking $5 on Monday, on Tuesday, that's when we really started calling out careful there, guys, because once it started breaking five, I saw it going to four, and it immediately went to four that day. It went to a low there of 399. So just be careful out there with BBIG. All right, uh, U.S. Steel being called out here. This is one that if you're looking for an inflationary trade, it was looking good and now it's starting to turn around. Why is this turning around? I think this is because, you know, the feds are trying to fight inflation and you're starting to see a little bit of a turnaround. The real question really comes into play with supply. I think you need to pay attention to that. But I think all basic materials pulled back significantly yesterday. Look to see what happens today. Uh, just to mention kind of another one, Cliff. Uh, it looks like it's falling off the cliff here. Um, but yeah, Cleveland Cliffs, you know, it was looking strong. It was looking strong. And then it just started turning around. So just be careful there, guys, as this one actually is below where I called it out at the 27th of December here. And it went on up. But then you can see it's already back down lower than the support. We'll see what happens in Cleveland Cliffs and Steel. Uh, Starbucks, where do you see it in the summer? I see Starbucks down, guys. Um, I'm not really a Starbucks fan anymore. I've become a, a what? Uh, let, let me pull it here. I've become a Dutch Bros. Dutch Bros, guys. Dutch Bros is my game for the coffee. Um, so I think Starbucks is out of favor here. I think you might see Starbucks come down closer towards monthly support. So let's take a look here at the monthly. What do we have on Starbucks? We have it pulling back here at least. I, I'll, I'll look for around this 84 mark. I think you're going to come back down. But, I mean, look how it's done this huge candle, right? So who, who knows if we can find some support here towards 95. I really don't like the name. I don't like the story. I think Starbucks is out of favor. I don't think it has a name and brand recognition that it used to have. Everyone used to say that Starbucks was best coffee. I don't hear that anymore. But, hey, you guys in the chat, let me know. Did we chart forward yet? Yeah, we already took a look at forward. Uh, let's keep going. I'm going to scroll on down. What's up out there? How we doing? Wanted to definitely give some shout outs to the people out there always in the chat. So definitely smash on the like. Todd, Susan in the house. How you doing? Uh, Sense and I'll take a look at that. 
here. Let's take a look here. All right. Uh, S-E-N-S being called out here. I got you, Susan. I saw it in the chat. I'll go ahead and I'll cover it. Uh, definitely kind of more of a penny stock kind of play, a cheaper name down towards the 260s. Uh, it does look like it's in a little bit of a bear. Uh, this is the bearish pattern right here. I'll draw a trend line here from the first bounce. So the first bounce came on up here towards uh, about, let's say, 323s. Now you get a second bounce here to come on up there towards 308s, 310s. I'm going to look for another bounce towards $3 and then a flush down. Uh, you know, you, you're getting this uh, kind of deep. This would be a bear pennant. Um, you can see right here, you get a horizontal line here. So we'll see how this keeps coming on down. If it breaks towards the 260s downwards, I would definitely be careful, especially since you got a lot of red volume on this pop, right? So to me, this shows that sellers were actually selling out into the move and not being able to hold it or buy it. It looks like some people were selling into that pop. And unless it gets back above that 308, I wouldn't be looking for a long all right, let's go ahead. Let's keep going out there. JD being mentioned in the chat. I'm trying to catch up with some of these chat messages. What's up out there, guys? SoFi also being called out. Uh, let them know about the UVXY. Yeah, Will, I mean, if you want to watch that, you guys can definitely watch that for the inverse there. Uh, did you talk about BSFC yet? Uh, no, I haven't talked about that one, SPAC, but let's take a look here. Um, let's go to first JD. JD was being mentioned in the chat. Let's take a look there. Uh, China stocks uh, popped yesterday based off of kind of some interest and some uh, kind of loan rules that came out of China. But I don't know if this pop's going to last. I think you're going to come down and fill this gap down towards 73. JD's not one of my favorite names. But then again, I'm not liking a lot of Chinese names right now. Uh, SoFi being mentioned in the chat. Let's go to that one before we get towards your SPAC. Uh, let's go ahead. Let's take a look here. So if I made a big run yesterday, I think it needs to hold 15 on pullbacks today. Let's take a look here at the five minutes. See how we're trading right now. Uh, looks like we're trading right, right, right around that. We, we pulled back to 1490s. We're hanging out at 15s. I would look for maybe a test of that 490 again, not a close, a wick down there. And then a close right back above 1490s, recovering that 15 getting us back towards 1520. If it doesn't hold that 1490 on the pullback, be careful because you could take out the lows right here at this 1480s. Next thing you know, you're back down towards 1460. All right, above 1520 is where I really start getting bullish on SoFi. We'll see if we can get back up there. Cliffs right around that monthly support. I agree. Lucid being mentioned by Miss Whitehorse. Let's take a look at Lucid. This has been one of the trappiest names. I've got to say I've given up money and I've made money on Lucid. Uh, it looks like we're starting to get into a little bit of a bearish trend here. Um, we can't hold. And so this is the question. Can we can we kind of hold this 36? We've held it before. And, and, and I want to see us hold it again. But the real question is, are we going to hold there? You know, I would take a look here around this 36. And, and see if that holds on the pullback. We pushed off of, against it, but now the question is, do we come back down and take it out? If we come back and take it out, this could easily be back down towards 30 and even back down towards 27. Um, so just keep your eyes on Lucid. We'll see what happens. In the hood, in the hood. All right, guys, uh, this is going to be the last one, and then we'll get you guys over to All Access. I hope you guys appreciated me going through some of these stocks. 
do me the favor, smash that like, hit the subscribe bell. Let's go ahead. Let's support the channel. Hit that subscribe bell, and we'll keep going here on Benzinga. Let's go back here to the chart. Hood, Hood trying to find a support here. Um, honestly, I'll tell you guys exactly what I told Spencer. Um, in the pre-pre-show, I said if Hood comes down to about 7 or $8, underneath 10 is where I will start liking the name. It used to be 15 where I was going to try to start getting into this stock. But the real problem is the market environment. The market environment is not like these IPOs right now. Um, anything that IPO'd last year, I don't see it doing well. So just be careful out there. I still see Hood taking out lows here. Uh, going underneath 10 is what I'm going to be looking for. But also for that case, you can look at coin. I think it takes out the IPO lows. Has it taken, uh, well, not the IPO lows, but the low on the 52 week. Um, we're right near it, right? 208. 208, I think you take it out today. So if you're looking for some shorts, I would say coin, um, but definitely don't like these names. All right. You should see the drive through. You should see the drive through at Starbucks. The drive through at Starbucks just don't, don't do well right now. I, I can tell you that right now. I could show you at least in my side of the country it's all about the dutch bros i've i've shown videos on this before um there's dutch bros that are right next to starbucks that i mean they can't even get the line into the drive-through there's like maybe one car in the starbucks line but in dutch bros there's double lines and probably about 15 cars so to me uh, dutch bros has the better advantage in the long run uh b SFC, that's the last one because I kind of missed it for SPACman here, and we're going to go over to All Access. All right, B BSFC. All right, guys, uh, this was one of the runners up today. So already kind of run a little bit into the pre-market yesterday. Uh, definitely a crazy spike. Look at this 5 a.m. spike. It spiked all the way up towards 25. Uh, definitely this is going to be one of the low floats out there. Um, I, I wish Chris was in the chat. He'd probably let me know the redemption on this. But I'm taking a look here to see what happens with Blue Star Foods. What I would look to see is if we can take out the 650s. 650s, of course, is going to bring some momentum into the name, um, just being it, just being a, a kind of a, a mental spot there. So look for that takeout of 650s. We're already moving a little bit here. Um, I would look for pullbacks here. Um, but look at that, 634 already showing on up. Be careful out there, guys. This is definitely going to be one of the fastest movers of the day. And we'll see what happens on BSFC. Um, even if this one runs today, I don't know if it closes at the highs. So just be careful out there, guys. All right, guys, that's going to do it. I hope you guys enjoyed today let's go over to all access where we're going to continue talking about stocks and then we're going to go ahead and get into some opportunities out there it's always good to learn about some new opportunities new companies that are trying to come up if you want to learn about that go ahead stick right here on benzinga and we'll see you guys over on all access smash that like before you get on it